We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 27th, 2013. Here's some Bible verses regarding overcoming, protection, uh, answering prayer, prayer answered, uh, comfort, faith, justification, and fear of the Lord. Zephaniah 2, verses 1 through 3. And again, this is kind of a counterbalance to a lot of the stuff we're covering today, so that we're not just dwelling on these negative reports, apart from the word of God. Zephaniah 2, verses 1 through 3. Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Now, I would say this would be pretty much representative of the USA. Not God's remnant in the USA, but the USA in general. Before the decree bring forth, bring before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, which is where we're at right now. We're, God's anger hasn't come upon us yet. <laughs> uh, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. Now, meek doesn't mean weak. It just means humble, contrite before God, willing to admit your sin, willing to repent of your sin, these types of things. Humility really is... You know, the Bible talks about Moses, he was the meekest man on earth, but he had a temper. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're just some little whatever. A lot of people think meek meaning just this little spineless jellyfish roaming around the perimeter or something, you know. It's not that at all, actually. Um, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. It doesn't say seek ye the Lord, all ye proud of the earth, because God's not going to hear the prayer of the proud. They're blinded. When you're proud, you're blind. You, you don't, and God's not going to... He shares his glory with no one, and if you're proud, he's not going to hear your prayer. Period. Not going to happen. So, he's only saying, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. Now, that's the way you get saved. You don't get saved through pride. You have to humble yourself. The Holy Spirit has to be there to convict you. You have to humble yourself and admit you can't get into heaven of your own merits. That you don't have it all figured out. You have to admit you need a Savior. All of that is humbling yourself. Okay. So seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. If you do these things, though, what if you don't do them? Then don't be expected to be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. We're supposed to actually wrought his judgment. See, he who is spiritual judgeth all things. The Bible's very clear on that. When Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged, that's when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers. Look at the context of that verse. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. And it, the Bible also says in the New Testament, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So we should constantly be judging ourselves. So we're to have wrought his judgment. We're to seek righteousness. We're to seek meekness. If we do those things, it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. And the day of the Lord's anger is coming. Pray that you be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus Christ said to do that in Matthew 24. Isaiah 66, 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? God would be hard-pressed to find a house that is 
truly built unto him, that's not yoked up with the government, that's reading the right Bible version, the KJV, that hasn't brought in all kind of other worldly programs, that doesn't have preachers that are all yoked up with the government through their own licensing. I have a license to preach. Oh, really? When they go and marry somebody. By the authority vested in me in the state of whatever, California, Georgia, wherever, I now pronounce thee man and wife. That's the authority? The state? Don't you want your authority from the word of God? All of these things are unbiblical. Anyway, where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? For all these things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, Meaning, this is to who God is going to look to. Even to him that is of a poor and a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Fear of God. Okay, the fear of God is beginning of wisdom, understanding, wisdom. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, and delivereth them. The fear of God, I mean, if you just do keyword search for it, there's more blessings connected with it than about any other subject I can find. If you tremble at God's word, you're going to be of a poor and a contrite spirit. Contrite, humble, meek. Poor doesn't mean like a poor, like you're a poor spirit, like, oh, this is a poorly put together spirit. No, it's, it's, it's of a meek, humble, contrite spirit. And then we go to the next verse. Yea, uh, well, Isaiah 66, 3 through 5. It says, Yea, they have chosen their own ways. These are the these are the ones that, let's just say, um, the apostate crowd. Okay? The Laodicean Revelation 3 church crowd that the Bible talks about and predicts. Yea, they have chosen their own ways. And their soul delighteth in their abominations. That's the new normal in the churches now, pretty much. I will also choose their delusions. Where does it also say that? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, And for this cause, regarding the end times, regarding the time when the Antichrist is going to make his appearance, regarding the time of the apostasy of the church, the falling away of the church of, of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, For this cause, God shall send them strong delusions, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. It's very similar to this verse. They have chosen their own ways, their soul delighteth in their abominations, and then God says, I will choose their delusions. You go into an average church now, they're deluded. Oh, nothing's going to come with this alien agenda. Nothing, nothing's going to matter about any of that. Everything's going to, everything's going to be fine in the long run. Government's not coming for us. And I'm not saying all, but a lot. A lot. They, they refer, you know, they, they talk about the devil like he's some idiot. Stomping, oh, stomp on old Splitfoot's head. And, and the Bible says to not bring a railing accusation against Satan or against fallen angels. Where does it say that? It talks about in um, uh, in the New Testament where it says, although um, angels are greater in power, 
they brought not a railing accusation against Satan when they were disputing about the body of Moses. They brought not a railing accusation. They're greater in power than who? Us, is who they're referring to. We're not supposed to go around and say the devil's stupid, he's an idiot, and he's a moron, his fallen angels are dumb. These were fallen angels, okay? They were in heaven at one time. They're very incredibly intelligent. Yes, is their mind dark and sure. But we're not supposed to go around insulting them and mocking them and acting like they're idiots. It's like respecting your opponent. Not to say you reverence them, but you respect them. We're not to bring railing accusations against the devil. You idiotic, dumb Satan, I'll crush you under my foot, you old stupid split foot. I've heard that stuff so much and I cringe when I hear it. I mean, when I was in the church, I heard it a lot. I know it still goes on, though. (laughs) All the time. So many things that are going on in the church. They're so deluded right now. They are going to be so clueless. You're really going to see the falling away when that happens. In mass. Of the so-called lukewarm pseudo-Christians. And they're going to line up for the mark of the beast. I say the vast majority. Because they've never been educated. They've never embraced. They've had no true love for the truth. They've had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay? They haven't chosen to humble themselves. They've chosen pride. That's what's going to happen. They haven't trembled at God's word. They don't even have the right word of God. The preachers that are preaching them are blind. And the Bible says if a blind leadeth the blind, they're both going to fall into a ditch. Deluded by their 501c3 corporate yoked up status with the government. Deluded by the fact that they believe that the KJV is not even the word of God and all of these other false perversions are the word of God. They don't even have the word of God. That's a really important matter. It's polluted. It's leavened. Well, How can it have power then? It really can't. How do you know what Bible verse to quote when you're reading ten different versions? Which one do you quote back to the devil? Well, well, Jesus Christ, when he contended with Satan in the desert, what did he do? He quoted scripture. He didn't bring a railing accusation against him. He said, the Lord rebuke thee, get behind me, Satan. Or, you know, these types of things. But he didn't bring a railing accusation against him, and he quoted scripture back to him. He knew he, he was dealing with somebody who was... Very dangerous, very powerful, and he was not to be some... And this is Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. So, that's very important, what I just said. In Isaiah 66, much like 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, I will choose their delusions, God speaking, and will bring their fears upon them. That's getting ready to happen. The Laodicean lukewarm church of Revelation 3 are getting ready to have their fears come upon them. And they will do anything that they've got to do to save their own skin. I totally believe that's coming. I've seen too many of these people. I'm still exposed to them to a certain degree. And it's only getting worse. Because when I called, none did answer. This is God talking. And when I spake, they did not hear. 
but they did evil before mine eyes, and chose that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. We all need more fear of God, me included. But see, that's who he's talking to. He knows the other ones can't be reached. Hear the word of the Lord, ye, who? Ye that tremble at his word. That's who he's talking to. Your brethren that hated you, oh, huh. You try to go into a standard 501c3 church and you start, I get emails and have gotten emails ever since this ministry started of the same exact scenario. I tried to go in and talk with my pastor or a Bible study that we were having and they didn't want to hear this. And they said they were really worried about me and that I really need to stop worrying about this kind of stuff and that this is really something I don't need to be thinking about. And then I even got rejected and I had to leave the church. What do I do? I don't have a good answer for that. The Bible says there's going to be a falling away. That's going to be the normal of the, of the apostasy of the church. But God says, here's this verse to you. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, which would be the normal in the modern day church, a typical listener of mine, go in, you start bringing them truth, they're going to hate you. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, meaning they're thinking they're doing God's service. The Bible says they that killeth you in the end times are going to think that they're doing God's service. That's how bad and deluded it's going to be. Killing the true remnant, they're going to think they're doing God's service because their minds are so darkened and they're so deluded. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. They're going to kill you and say, let the Lord be glorified. We've done a wonderful, good thing. But when God appears, he's going to appear to your joy, the remnant, and they shall be ashamed. They'll finally have their eyes open, but it'll be too late. Jeremiah 32, 26-27. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Said that verse earlier. Nope, there's nothing too hard for God. He created the universe. That by itself is a pretty big deal. <laughs> so, no, there is nothing. Jeremiah 33, 2-3, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If I didn't temper these studies with these types of verses, then this would be doom and gloom ministry. Contending for doom and gloom dot com. <laughs> Instead of contending for truth. I would be contending for doom and gloom, and I wouldn't be building your faith up at all. Now, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The Bible's clear about that. The Bible's very clear that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea um, 4. Okay, let's just read that verse. My, Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It says, my people. Not the, not the heathen, not the pagans. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
because thou hast rejected knowledge, again, that's the norm now, reject knowledge, the falling away, the apostasy, which is what that word's translated from in the Greek, in the New Testament, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the apostasy, that's the normal, okay? Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. God speaking, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Now we are kings and priests with Jesus Christ seated in heavenly places, according to the word of God, a saved Christian. So that does have an application to us as well. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So this has a bearing on your family. <laughs> Head of the household, oh, I don't want to do anything. And men are sometimes the worst ones. I'll be honest. The women, a lot of times, are much more open to this information than I've seen the men. They, you know why? Because it scares them. It scares them. So they just uh, just dismiss it and, and, and whatever. They don't want anything to do. Not, not all men, but a lot of them. I've had many women email me and have that same dynamic going on. That's a tough situation. I don't, I don't have good answers all the time. I mean, get into the Word of God praying fast about it. That's a rough one. But these are, you know, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11. So, these are all big reasons why this ministry exists. So let's go further here. Um, Psalm 66 Verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there's another way to get prayers not answered. Um, he tends to hear the meek, the humble, the contrite. Okay? But if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. These are things ways to get a prisoner. Now, if you want to know more about the biblical keys to answer prayer, just keep prayer. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done a couple studies on that as well. On another really important subject. Then Psalm 19 verses 12 through 14 says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. You hear me pray this a lot. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. What is a presumptuous sin? A sin that we presume is not a sin in God's eyes. We're presumptuous. We're presuming it's not a sin, but it is a sin in God's eyes. Get your prayers hindered. Hinder you. It could be a stumbling block. You could lead you down the wrong way. And then also cleanse thou me from secret faults. Faults that maybe we don't even know are faults. God can do that. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, I'm not preaching this stuff. I'm not giving you these Bible verses because I think I've attained or I'm so perfect and wonderful and I'm just walking around in sinless perfection. Far from the truth. I'm preaching this as much to myself as, or teaching this as much to, to you as I would be myself. So... I'm not doing this from a sanctimonious standpoint, is I guess the point I'm trying to make. Um, it's something we all need to hear, essentially. So, let's go ahead and we're going to get in now into the next part of the study. Actually, it's kind of a continuation, but now we're gonna actually going to get into some other topics here related to the first part.
Okay, so getting back to the study, uh, next report is called Bring Out Your Dead, Mobile Mortuary Pandemic Response Mobilization Units. This is from the powderblog.com. I'm going to play several of these short videos um, to kind of give us a better idea of what's going on here. <clears throat> but just to give you a little background on this particular video we'll be watching or listening to, the National Disaster Medical System just added 20 module, quote, disaster mortuary operational response teams. Um, this is a course to its e-learning site, the National Disaster Medical System. So they've got courses now on disaster mortuary operational response teams. Delaware just held a pandemic flu and mobile mortuary response system drill. Indiana is currently in the process of forming the Indiana Mortuary Emergency Response Team, or called IMERT. Uh, the thing I like about this guy's videos is he documents everything from the government, straight from the horse's mouth. All of this stuff comes typically either from mainstream news reports, stuff they're openly admitting to, or right from the, like, .gov whatever website where they're literally... You know, and, and you can not only does he provide the links in the description of the video, but he's showing it to you while you're watching it. So <clears throat> it's very verifiable. It's very easy to find out this is not something that's some fringe conspiracy theory. This is stuff they're really doing. The uh, country of Ireland has a tender out for a hundred corpse mobile mobile mortuary unit. The mobile mortuary trailer manufacturers are reporting sales and orders. And newspapers are familiarizing the public with disaster mortuary operational response teams, which is what you would expect if, if you had a pandemic. These things would be running around everywhere, you know, um, picking up bodies for disposal. If you see these trailers sitting in a parking lot near you, you'll have some idea of what they might be holding. He actually gives you some pictures here. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this video here so we can learn a little bit more. Welcome to the Potter Blog site, October 25th, 2013. Bring out your dead. Sounds like a skip from a Monty Python movie. Unfortunately, there's a lot of activity going on uh, currently with disaster mortuary operational response teams, DMORTs, uh, pandemic flu drills featuring DMORTs, uh, ordering of uh, portable... DMORTs stands for Disaster Mortuary Operational Response Teams. This is from... Public Health Emergency um, website for America, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, which is where he's reading this basically from. Mortuary trailers covered here real quick in our uh, in our blog post. You know, we ask, so what's going on? What is going on here? First, we have the National Disaster Medical System. Well, they just added 20-module disaster mortuary operational response teams course to its e-learning site. And there we have it. Just so you see it, they just added this following course here. Disaster mortuary. It's part of the National Disaster Medical System. And just so you know where we're at, and that it's a new page. So what do we have next? Well, Delaware just held a pandemic flu and mobile mortuary response systems drill. Well, that's right here. Drill sharpens response time for handling pandemic flu outbreak. 
what they did here is they held a flu vaccination clinic, and simultaneously with that flu vaccination clinic, they held the disaster response drills. So let's scroll on down here, see where they mention the DMORT. Here we go. I have to zoom this up a little bit. We have a mobile mortuary response system that's capable of keeping up to 144 cadavers in cold storage. Oh, well. So what else do we have going on? Well, Indiana is currently in the process of forming the Indiana Mortuary Emergency Response Team. Let's see that. So here we have the Indiana Disaster Portable Mortuary Unit. Here's what they say. IDHS is currently in the process of forming the Indiana Mortuary Emergency Response Team Unit. So what's going on with that? Uh, Not just to limit it to the United States. We actually have the country of Ireland involved. Ireland wanted mobile mortuary facility to handle 100 bodies. The government is putting up is putting in a contingency plan for major disaster by commissioning the creation of a massive mobile mortuary capable of handling at least a hundred bodies. Hmm. So what else do we have going on? Well, mobile mortuary trailer manufacturers are reporting sales and orders. Well, let's look one of these here. Let's see if we can see that. Oh, here we have one. SWE has been contracted to convert a standard 35-foot refrigerated semi-trailer into a mass casualty mortuary trailer. And some pictures of that. So what else do we have going on? This is where it gets interestinger. That's a new word. Interestinger. Newspapers are familiarizing the public with disaster mortuary operational response teams. And when's the last time you've ever seen a newspaper article talking about the National Disaster Medical System and uh, DMORC teams. Well, here we have it. Trentonian.com. Let me zoom this up just a little bit. Now, you have to familiarize the public with something before you spring it on them, unless they run like lemmings into the sea. But uh, it gives a pretty good description here of the uh, National Response Framework, DOD, and then even mentioned DMORTs. Hmm. So why all this activity? What could it be they're preparing for? Well, if you're wondering what these trailers look like, here's one example of the smaller trailers. And then here's an example of a larger trailer. And the rocks inside the larger trailer. The vehicle that tows it. And then your tow tag. Interesting times. So the semi, really both of them, the smaller trailer and the semi, you're really not going to notice it. It's you wouldn't If they don't mark these things with, like, you know, I doubt they're going to put mortuaries, anything mortuary on the side. Um, you wouldn't really know it's different than any other semi or 
the smaller trailers, they just look like a um, uh, any trailer that you might see getting towed down the road. So they're very, I think they would be very, very hard to spot. Um, but they do give you um, some pictures and examples of this. Now, again, this is all combined with the things I've got into in the last, I believe, two teachings regarding this H7N9 hemorrhagic bird flu, the ramping up that they've been doing. This is just more we're adding on to those studies. This isn't just standalone stuff. This is this is stuff that um, I've been covering ongoing for the last couple studies, particularly H7N9. So next report, H7N9 jobs, <clears throat> sudden hiring for National Animal Health Emergency Response Corps. The USDA is pushing mobile city job openings for veterinary doctors and vet techs to support the mobilization of the National Animal Health Emergency Response Corps. These openings have only recently been advertised at the city job search level, in perfect timing with the reappearance of the H7N9 bird flu in China and all of the other things that we've mentioned as well. This is just another step in the massive mobilization our government is taking to respond to most likely an H7N9 hemorrhagic bird flu. So I'm going to go ahead and just play this this video. It's very interesting stuff here. That show. Welcome to the Potter Block site, October 24th, 2013. And the USDA appears to be mobilizing its National Animal Health Emergency Response Corps. Uh, they've just released or just pushed down to the local level multiple job opportunities for veterinarians and vet techs. Uh, this happened just in coincidence with the October outbreak of uh, H7N9 in China. Uh, who these people are, their emergency preparedness and response uh, organization, uh, part of the USDA, they're sort of an on-call on group. Now, again, this is from the USDA uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services. He must check these sites all the time, and he finds these things that normally would just go totally under the radar. Nobody would even know about them unless somebody's up there actively checking for this stuff. We'll get into more of that in a second, but what these people basically do is, is they're responsible for going out to, to all the flocks of birds and uh, testing and killing whichever flocks that they, they need to kill. Um, Here's a, uh, a mobile modified atmosphere killing chamber that was uh, ordered recently. They ordered 12 of these. Uh, now you won't see this start happening until after the last Thanksgiving turkey is sold, but uh, that's what these vehicles look like. Now, what's interesting about this, or what, what caught our attention, is that all of a sudden there's just there are literally six pages worth of job openings on U.S. Uh, FedGov, USA Jobs uh, for these positions. And basically what they've done is, is uh, every once in a while they'll have an opening on the national level that they'll just leave open for people to apply to. But in the last month, and if you can see here through our search uh, parameters, October 1st through October 31st, 2013, uh, they've pushed these job openings down to buku cities in the United States, many of them on Army bases, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Fort Bragg, uh, Los Angeles. Now, here are the listings for uh, Los Angeles. Let me zoom this up a little bit. And you can see what specifically they're hiring. Uh, here, an animal health technician. Now, here's the note. 
This is a temporary position only to be filled in the event of an emergency. And we'll show you that more in a minute. And they're also hiring uh, veterinary medical officers. And let's go look first on the technician here. Animal Plant and Health Inspection Service. Temporary position not to exceed one year. Many vacancies. USDA nationwide. Now remember, this is happening all at once. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, all these job openings with the government for these vet techs for temporary positions that basically would need to be called up on a moment's notice. So, you know, that would tell you it would, it would most likely be some type, like I said, national emergency, some type of most likely pandemic of a bird flu nature would be the most obvious. Zoom in a little closer on that. And here's the key thing. This is a temporary position only to be filled in the event of an emergency. Please see below for more information. It says the NAHERC assists in the federal response to domestic and international animal disease outbreaks, threats, or national disasters. And this is the vet tech one. Now here's the one for uh, the veterinarians themselves. Uh, same thing. Uh, this one doesn't specify that it is only in the event of the emergencies. But one might make that assumption. Uh, again, many vacancies, temporary. I mean, they're paying these people pretty good, twenty-seven fifty-one to thirty-five seventy-six per hour. Um, that's you know, it's not like they're paying them bad money here. I mean, it's it's they're paying pretty good wage for this, so it must be pretty important if they're willing to pay that type of money. Not to exceed one year. So why are they doing this? Well, they have to spool up for uh, this recent outbreak of H7N9 in uh, in China, and then it might come here to the uh, United States. Uh, It's been actually an incredible amount of mobilization from our government in response to H7N9, from uh, creating a 211 national triage phone line for people to call in and get uh, basically uh, prescriptions at home without leaving your house, to... uh, setting up the emergency broadcast system so they can do live HD broadcasts directly from the CDC out to uh, alert people. Uh, they've got ordered over 600 million, uh, 600 million needles and syringes to give every person in the country two doses of this experimental adjuvant-laid vaccine that they're, up, they're trying to develop for each 7 and 9. Just a truly massive amount of uh, effort going into it. But when they start looking at hiring people, and you have all these jobs, six pages worth, where they push these advertisements down into every, to a multitude of cities. Uh, they're really upping the preparation level here. Be aware. And again, if, if you want to check the other um, the other reports that I've done on this, uh, just see the last two teachings. You can look at the table of contents up on contendingfortruth.com if you want to just zero in on those. I've done whole swaths of uh, teachings on this for further verification. Um, I have reinstituted the silver special for the 5,000 part per million mile silver protein. If you contact me directly, you can just respond back to any newsletter that I send out or um, my email address is up on the 
site there. It's a, I think it's included in the newsletters as well, but you could just reply. And uh, if you want to know more details about that, because I've got inquiries, uh, or you can go to dr-johnson, dr-symbol-johnson.com, and the silver's available there. It's just the special price isn't offered there, uh, because that goes through the Invive factory, not, and not through me. So, because um, I've had a lot of people inquire about that, that's why I'm mentioning that. So, let's go further here. Then the next video is, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, DHS to mo- monopolize Verizon phone system during emergencies. And Verizon, I'm almost positive, has the best coverage network in America. Pretty sure they do, by far. And so if you were going to monopolize a phone network during a national emergency, they would be obviously the most likely candidate because you're going to be able to reach a whole lot more people. The Department of Homeland Security has currently solicited has a current solicitation out which looks to make heavy priority use of the Verizon network during national emergencies, disasters, pandemics, and any other situation where the government demands priority use of rights of telecommunications infrastructure. Of course, that likely means you can expect the Verizon phone to be a paperweight when you might really need to use it during that particular time. Welcome to the Potter Blog site, October 22nd, 2013. Don't expect to be able to use the Verizon network in times of national emergency, pandemic, or other reasons because, as you see here in this federal solicitation, the Department of Homeland Security gets, which is short for Government Emergency Telecommunications Service, priority on the Verizon network. Here's our blog post about this. Basically, again, the Verizon phone system to be nearly unavailable during disasters, pandemics, or national emergencies. Now, when you look through the solicitation, especially the associated word document, we'll show you that in a second, but uh, you get this quote here that explains the significance of the situation. Uh, During September 11th, 2001 terrorist attack, general public calls experienced a 15% call completion rate in certain areas, while government gets calls completed at or above 90% in the same locales. Basically what this means is, is if you're counting on your phone as your primary disaster lifeline, you're going to be in trouble. You can expect your Verizon phone to be a paperweight when you might really need it. So we have the source links here to this, but uh, let's look at the Word document. And again, I think this would be part of their plan as well, cutting off communications so that the government totally owns the airwaves during these times so that you're only going to get their propaganda. This is why it's good to, at least to be on a local level, to have some two-way radios, handheld radios available. You can get those at like any sporting goods store, pretty much. Um, Those are good to have on hand where you can at least, you know, you could have, let's say you were separated by family member for, I don't know, a couple miles or something. And it depends on the quality that you get as far as the range goes, but you can have those and um, communicate with one another. Um, you got to be on the same channel, and that's an easy way to do that. They're not private, but it is a way that you could communicate with people in, in if your phones were totally down. And then on more of a national or world level, a lot of people have brought up ham radios. Very, very good. 
Um, obviously having a shortwave radio. But the, with the ham, it's a little more complicated. I think you have to get licensing and stuff and and uh, do that. Um, CB radios, another thing. Also, uh, things are, these, are, these are potential ways that you might not normally think about, but you're going to have to think outside the box during the days and times that are coming. Also, police scanners or these scanners that they have available. And um, that's a good thing to to do as well. Now, there's a company that I get. It's Crane, I believe. In fact, I just got an email from them. They've got a special right now. I don't know if I saved that. I'm, I'm going to look for it right now um, on a scanner. And it's not a bad idea to, to have a scanner, a police scanner, because you can actually be very, very much up on what's going on um, with the police, and kind of in a covert yet legal fashion, you know, um, I can't seem to find it, but um, anyway, Crane, I believe, is the company, you can look for them online, they, they have some high quality, they've got shortwave, good decent prices, um, shortwave, scanners, stuff like that. Now, here's the deal. The one, the special that they've got right now is um, basically the problem I see with it is that they say they're, the, the scanner that they've got is analog, and um, I'm still trying to find this thing, but they, they make a proviso in there, and they say if your area has digital scanning, scanning system set up, because I guess not all of them are, are analog anymore, then you could get this scanner. Well, you click on that one, it's like 450 to 500 bucks. So it goes way up if you're in an area where they're using digital scanning, scanner technologies. Um, and then that becomes untenable for a lot of people. So I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of, of info on that. Um, because it, there is a big, big price variation there. And, um, whereas the analog one they've got right now, it's on special. I think it's about 119, which is obviously a lot more affordable than, you know, um, 450 bucks on up. So anyway, uh, those are some different communications options you have. Shortwave, definitely something that you want to have on hand. Uh, and that should that might really be a, a lifesaver for you in in regard to that situation. So let's go back to the video here. That justifies this other than full and open competition, and why they're giving this to Verizon. And in essence, what they're looking to do here is go from a circuit-based system uh, to uh, Verizon's new uh, IP-based system for routing telephone calls. And the way this system works is, at least the way the previous system worked, was is, uh, certain telephones and certain uh, phone numbers were designated by the government as having priority. So their calls go through while yours don't. So let's look at this justification here, and I've highlighted uh, uh, the key part. It says, uh, and this is talking about uh, uh, the network system going from the circuit derived system to the IP system. It says, uh, specifically, this shortfall would entail having critical government calls placed during a terrorist attack or act of war receiving the same treatment as the general public. Under the current contract, 
these government calls receive priority status so they are completed. If the system is not replaced with priority communication services, these critical government calls would not be assigned priority and would have a lower chance of being completed. So how much lower? Well, during the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack, general public calls experienced a 15% call completion rate in certain areas, 15. while the government calls were completed at over 90% in the same locales. So, if there's a pandemic, or anything, really, where the government wants to monopolize the phone system, they will get through, or they have a much greater chance of getting through than you do. And for all appearances, it looks like people on the Verizon network will be most affected by such situations. Your mileage may vary. Okay, I just realized he just came out with two more updated videos since I just put this together last night. Now, granted, the one video had been out for, I think, a few days. This must have just came out today. And it's entitled, Wow, CDC Creates New H7N9 Division to Control Local uh, Pandemic Response. What? I mean, this is really getting to a point. I never saw the H5N1 ramp up to this point where they're literally, they have all of these new... uh, compartmentalized government systems in place where they're going to be dealing with very specific facets of this H7N9. I've never seen this much individual preparation going on. So I'm going to let this video roll, and I I apologize in a way because this just came out today. It wasn't even in my study. I will add this in so you have the links, um, and then you can go watch it for yourself as well. It's just I'm... I'm trying to keep the times down. I know this this study is probably going to go very long as well. Uh, but this looks to be very, very important as well. So I'm going to let this roll. Welcome to the Potter Block site, October 27, 2013. The only thing we can say about this next one, wow. The Centers for Disease Control just put a notice in the Federal Register on Friday. And they always put the important things in there on Friday so the media doesn't cover it. They're creating a new division to control state and local pandemic response. Uh, ostensibly, this is uh, directed towards the H7N9 uh, flu pandemic that the United States government has been in doomsday prepping mode for. But uh, let's just look at this real quick. You know, uh, sounds rather innocuous. Statements of organization, functions, and delegations of authority, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, released October 25th, 2013. So let's scroll down to it, and I'll show you exactly what they changed in their mission statement, if you will. Uh, They added this line, item number three, and then they created a whole new division in support of it. Looks like it's going to be a 1,000 commissioned officers in the public health corpse to support this, but we'll get to that in a second. I'll just read it for you. Three, the uh, state and local division uh, works with awardees to advance state and local preparedness efforts through placement of CDC field staff within state and local public health agencies. 
So you're going to have the feds buried deep down even to, even to your local health agency. Now let's look at the new division that they've created for this. It is called the Field Services Branch, and it's under the Division of State and Local Readiness. Field Services Branch, right here. And we'll have a link to this on our website. You can go through it. Here's some key things. Uh, Contributes as leaders in preparedness and epidemiology for issues including clinical surge capacity, hospital preparedness, and influenza response planning. The reason they need this is because for people who seek hospital treatment for H7N9 uh, hemorrhagic bird flu, if they don't get on advanced life support, there's a 100% death rate. And there is a now again, I don't buy into that if if you implement you know the right alternative treatments. I don't buy into that. Yeah, if you go purely the medical route, um but again, that's their opinion, and yes, that has bore out to be true, but I guarantee you these people haven't been on high part per million miles of a protein. You know, maybe in addition to something like a really good oregano oil and vitamin C and things, natural stuff. Um, now, granted, if you were to contract this due to a vaccination, <laughs> you know, then you're dealing with a different deal. You're dealing with something that, that may be literally, um, like we had talked about last week, it might be nanites. It literally might be nanorobots that are actually causing this viral storm. Cytokine storm in the system um, with some type of GMO modified virus, and, and if you the, the more you let them inject things into your body that's supposedly going to supposedly protect you against it, like vaccines, the less likely I think anything would work um, because you're you're basically giving Satan access straight into your bloodstream, bypassing all other immune system routes. So you have to bear that in mind as well. And then you get into the whole thing where I talked about binary or tertiary agents, where you might have somebody going to get a vaccine flu shot, and then over that same area, they're chemtrailing the binary agent to activate what's in the flu shot. So it doesn't look, they can't have people dropping dead in the parking lot after they get vaccinated. You know, they want this to happen over more of a slow process. Um, the nanorobots that we had talked about last week were saying that they would work over, I think, a 10 to 12 day period in order to kill you. So it would look more slower and much more natural, which would be important. You know, uh, there might be things in the water that might be the tertiary, the third thing that is needed for a total kill. It's hard to say. If there's nanites involved, if there's nanorobots involved, then you could have those types of things like that uh, Bill Wield was talking about where they would be actually activated through radio frequencies. That would be another way they could do this. So the less stuff you got in you from Satan, the better is the point here I'm trying to make. Um, and so <laughs> understand that the, the, the people that are going to come to you and say, oh, no, this is terrible, this and that, they're the ones that started it. So, are those the ones you're going to trust? That's between you and God. Personally, I wouldn't. Obviously, you know my stance on that. You can reference all the uh, the uh, teachings I've done on vaccinations and, and the corruption of the medical system and 
you know, how that's going to be one of the main ways the world's depopulated. Uh, but I wanted to throw that in as well, so I'm going to let this go a little further. Very limited quantity of advanced life support equipment available. And as we've documented earlier, if they can delay two days these people getting to the hospital, it will greatly minimize the flood of people going into the hospital because these people will die out before they can spend 90 to 120 days in ICU. In reality, if you have to have advanced life support, literally you're probably going to be in some type of bubble environment. How many of those beds are they going to have available? And if they do, they're going to probably go to the highest bidder. You know, if there's, if by chance the elite gets, contracts this, maybe they're not fully part of the game plan, <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be, the hospitals would probably be one of the worst places you could possibly be. You talk about a place where there would be riots. You know, we talked about the EBT cards getting cut 37 bucks. Can you imagine what the hospitals would be like if, quote, word got out that that was the only way you could live? I mean, they'd be, they'd be, you know, killing people right and left just to get one of these advanced, into one of these advanced life support units. I mean, you, and I guarantee you would have the military involved and you would have mass deaths at the hospital just from them killing people trying to get in. Because people are going to be at maximum desperation level. But, uh, back to the subject on hand here. So they've got this whole new division here uh, for state and local people. Now, about two weeks ago, uh, we tweeted about this. And they also released on October 1st guidance for temporary reassignment of state and local personnel during a public health emergency. Basically what it means is the CDC can federalize uh, state and local health care, public health employees, and bring them in under their federal wing. Very concerning in and of itself. So, of course, if you're going to create a new agency or a new division within the CDC, you need to man it. Well, if you need to man a new division within the CDC, you also need to ask these people questions. And you have to do background checks. So when you do that, you have to put a notice in the Federal Register. Agency information collection activities, submission to OMB for review and approval, public comment request. Uh, they want an answer to this by November 25th. In essence, what this is, is they're, they're explaining to the Office of Management and Budget uh, what type of burden this is going to be. Let me zoom this up. Uh, for the uh, Commissioned Corps of the U.S. Public Health. And what they're doing here is, is they've got these questionnaires and they're going to run back check, background checks on people applying for jobs into the uh, Commission Corps of Public Health. He should be saying core. He's, he's, he's doing what Obama had done before, calling it corpse. It sounds like a corpse, like a dead body, and, and because it's spelled C-O-R-P-S and he just should be saying core, but he evidently isn't aware of that. So I just want to clarify that. You may not know what that is. But uh, there's a reason the Surgeon General is called a general, and that is because uh, this is actually set up like a military command. So here's their estimated economic burden of this reporting requirements. And while we won't go into full detail of it, uh, they're going to interview 8,000 people. Out of those 8,000 people, they're planning on hiring 1,000 people for the uh, United States Public Health Corps. Wow. You haven't heard anything about that, have you? 
Yeah, there's there's only about six thousand people in the public health corps as it is now, so they're going to add a thousand, and it looks like they're going to try to add them relatively quickly. Now, if you if you saw that, you would think, well, well maybe wouldn't they put a notice that they're hiring? Well, here they have. U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corp opportunities, best kept secrets. Who we are. There's this whole flyer out that they just released, and we'll have a link to this on our website too. Where they describe what they do and why you should come work for them. Why you should become a commissioned officer in the United States Public Health Corps. There's an ungodly amount of preparedness going on by the United States government for an H7N9 bird flu pandemic. That's the concerning thing. Our own opinion is the risk is low in 2013 of this occurring. But the amount of money and effort they're spending on this is utterly incredible. And it, it, just watch your previous videos. They've got a new 211 telephone line set up so you could call in and uh, get uh, health care prescriptions for bird flu without going into the hospital. They've upped their capability for the CDC to do live emergency broadcasts from their command center to the whole nation. It, they're setting out to give Every person in the United States, two shots of a experimental virus, adjuvant, uh, experimental vaccine that's uh, uh, laden with adjuvants. Uh, they've ordered 600 million syringes for this. And again, we have all these links available. It's just an incredible amount of effort. Now, the H7N9 pandemic may be the you know the nose of the camel under the tent. There's a lot broader implications for this, and where healthcare is going and we're going away from private healthcare where it's between you and your doctor what we're going to is a uh, basically an agribusiness farm a veterinarian healthcare system uh, where they treat the herd instead of the individual now the key with making a system like that successful in at least in the mind of the people paying to take care of the herd is to make every member of the herd believe that they're a prized heifer. Yeah. We are really going into one messed up system of the healthcare. Throw the pandemic on top of this, and you just see the opportunities for nationalization and federalization going on here. Now, he brings up the whole thing about the herd. And here's the next new video. I'm going to let this play some, too. This is a pretty short one, but he brings up the herd. Well, one of the justifications for vaccinations is what they call, if everybody's vaccinated, they say that's called herd immunity. Meaning they're, they're talking, they're referring to us like cattle, which is what they think of us as anyway. And they're saying, listen, if everybody's vaccinated, then the whole herd is protected. Whereas if one um, is sick in the herd, and the herd's unvaccinated, it'll infect the whole herd. Well, hold on. If everybody's vaccinated, and one the one that supposedly gets sick, why would the other ones that are vaccinated have anything to worry about? If you think about it. If, that, if they don't want to get vaccinated, why isn't that their choice? And it doesn't make, it makes sense from that standpoint, but they try to say the exact opposite. Essentially, that no, you're putting the herd at risk. No, you're not. Not if they're all vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, so whiz bang. Why do you, why are you worrying about if I'm not vaccinated? 
This is the justifications they use to try to force vaccinate children in public schools. When the reality is, the kids that are getting vaccinated, like in California, that whole thing that just happened with the whooping cough, I sent out links on it, they were the ones that were getting the whooping cough. That's how it's been since the inception of vaccinations. They actually cause the very things they're supposedly preventing. It's just that they're not going to reveal that to you. If you look at the real statistics, they're actually causing those things. They're not preventing them. What ended up happening with the modern day of ad, the modern day advent of vaccinations is, is we were getting to where we were having much better sanitation and sanitary um, practices imposed with the sewage, the water systems, these types of things, that is when all of these diseases like diphtheria and whooping cough and all these other things started going down. That is exactly the time they implemented vaccinations of a lot of these things. And what they ended up doing is say, hey, look, it looks. It's because of the vaccinations that all of these things went down when they were implemented after the diseases were already in the decline. Um, or these infectious diseases were already in total decline. When they actually implemented the vaccines, they had a spike in those very same things because they caused them. And that's by design, but it's all suppressed. I've went over this in many other teachings, but I wanted to put that in there. So this is the, the last video, and this is USDA files for slaughter of unprecedented, uh, pande- of unprecedented pandemic scale. This just came out today. This is only, you know, a little over a couple minutes here. Welcome to the Potter Blog site, October 25th, 2013. The United States Department of Agriculture is filing an environmental impact statement for an unprecedented pandemic animal slaughter so massive that current disposal methods can't handle it. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is unbelievable. All these videos that I've that I played from this guy, I mean, this is not his opinion. It's not my opinion. It's verifiable fact from the government. Uh, various different factions of the government he's meticulously documenting. This is, this is huge. Today we reported that the USDA was looking to hire many veterinarians and vet techs to support a massive poultry slaughter in response to a post-Thanksgiving H7N9 avian influenza pandemic. Today, Friday... And the government likes to release these things on Friday because it keeps them out of the news. The USDA placed an environmental impacts notice on the U.S. Federal Register that they are planning a pandemic animal slaughter so massive that the current disposal methods of open pit burial and open pit burning cannot handle the carcass throughput. Specifically, the USDA wants public input by Thanksgiving week on how to handle mass carcass management of 50 tons or more per site. Currently, they're investigating large-scale carcass composting, rendering landfills compliant with Resource Conservation Recovery Act and other fixed facility options, such as incinerators compliant with the Clean Air Act that could accommodate a large volume of carcasses over a short period of time. Now, here's a specific notice in the Federal Register came out today. We'll go out and look at the top of it here. Notice of intent to prepare an environmental impact statement and proposed scope of study. Now notice that the comment period ends November 25th, 2013. You're not going to hear a public push 
about this H7N9 pandemic until after the last Thanksgiving turkey is sold. But clearly in here they state what they're looking for and why they're doing it. And again, it's just an unprecedented animal slaughter. Yesterday we showed you the hiring that was going on to support it. So, and then the next video, which was the the first one we played, is on the the mobile mortuary units that they're for the humans. So they're gearing up for in this last one for unprecedented um, uh, disposal of of the bodies of these these birds files for slaughter of unprecedented rate on a pandemic scale for like chickens and, and, and turkeys and things of this nature. I don't know whether they're going to, cause he keeps saying it's not going to happen until after Thanksgiving. Maybe the Thanksgiving turkeys are going to be one of the vectors for spreading this. And then after this happens, then you're going to have a whole bunch of people getting sick. I, I don't know. I'm purely speculating there. It would be a pretty good excuse if you think about it. For that to happen, oh, we had all these these you know people handling the Thanksgiving Day turkeys. They bought them, they thought them, they had their hands on them, you know, and that was when the initial contact took place. Then maybe this is something where they can say, yes, this doesn't manifest until days later, and then all of a sudden you've got millions of people literally being exposed. Now, I, I would say that. You know, like we talked about H5N1, heating kills it. And I, I would assume that, you know, this is going to be the exact same thing for the H7N9. You, you heat it as long as the bird is properly cooked. But if you had had exposure to it prior to that and put your hands on See, this is why H5N1 was so much more prevalent in the Orient. Because these people literally had a lot more contact with live birds. They literally... Um, would have the, like geese and chickens and things like this as pets, and and also for eggs and, and these types of things. And then ultimately, some a lot of them would be slaughtered, but they would actually have, be running around in their lawns and, and in their. And so you would see, see kids picking them up and playing with them. They had a lot of direct contact with birds. Well, if there's any time of the year in America where Americans would have literally direct contact with a bird carcass it's going to be thanksgiving so you know i'm just giving you a heads up they're 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 gearing up all this stuff is not is, is not conjecture it's truth it is absolutely something they're gearing up um i'm gonna pause this video right now i'm gonna add these videos in to the pdf for october 27 2013 and so you can have all of these in one spot Okay, I just added those other two in so that you can actually, obviously if you're watching the video, you can actually see the, the screenshots um, of all of these official governmental websites or documents that he's, he's posting. So I just added those in. We're at the end of uh, part two, and um, we'll go ahead and get into uh, part three next. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.